Arguments About Nothing is brought to you by Hurricane-Related Power Outages, making us have to record on a Saturday morning. Welcome back to Arguments About Nothing. I'm Shelby Samsel. I'm Hannah Bennett. And we are gonna just kick things off with a fun, classic, hypothetical episode. If you've never listened to us before, Arguments About Nothing is a show in which we take silly hypothetical situations and we talk about them seriously as if they are something, when in fact they are nothing. And also, I'm taking a hard left because Joe Biden is our next president! Woohoo! Our respective moods, the tone, everything is quite different from the last time we recorded an episode. We were in... A scary, bleak place before, and now (laughs) things are better. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I just wanted to say that because we did talk about it. We've talked about the election a little bit, but the election is over now, even though some people don't think it is. It's over. It's done. And we're coming out the other side. It's been been a hard four years. Um, And so now we're going to depart from the real world and enter our hypothetical worlds. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't really need to spend any time in the real world. Great. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> also, I need to remind the audience that when I'm happy, I write sad questions. <laughs> oh, is this a sad question episode? <laughs> it might be. We'll see. Um, would you take your dream job, perfect title, perfect salary, like the exact job function and responsibilities that you want at like a really great company, wonderful coworkers. If you knew going into that job that your boss would smell your hair at least twice a month. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me say, I don't like it. <laughs> let me say for the record, not like I'm like fine with the idea of someone smelling my hair but in my dream job first of all my boss is a woman and I imagine it's going to be more like she just really likes my shampoo and it's not like a weird sex thing (laughs) but it still could be a weird sex thing it could be it could be but I, I feel like if I had the perfect dream job, the wonderful coworkers, the right salary, everything, you know, flex yeah. hours, whatever, every single thing that's going to make, I mean, that would change my, that would, that would make my like daily living so improved, so wonderfully improved every day. Yeah, I could take two days a month where I felt a little skeeved. <laughs> I'm really surprised. Have long, long hair. So... <laughs> She's, you know, maybe she just like takes the end. She gives it a sniff. She moves I, on. See, I, so this was my question. I'm surprised you didn't ask any follow up questions because the obvious follow up question in my head is, how does she go about smelling my hair? Well, I didn't ask because I didn't want to know because <laughs> because I had already decided in my brain that she comes up and takes the end of my hair the way that you know, like. Someone might play with your hair, you know, like I feel like she came up and she kind of takes the end of my hair, gives it a sniff and says, man, L'Oreal smells so good. Or Garnier. I don't even, I don't know. Would it, would it change things if the way Uh, that your boss, whoever they may be, smells your hair is they press their nose to your scalp for 10 (laughs) seconds and inhales very deeply? I, I, now I'm getting the visual like she just like rubs it in like motorboat style. No, you know? no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> You're sitting down. They lean over you. They put their nose to the top of your head and inhale deeply. Twice a month? Twice a month. I can suck it up. That, that lasts like <laughs> 10 seconds. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wouldn't like it. You'd yeah. get lots of texts from me. You'd get twice a month's texts from me going, how do I make it stop? I would stop washing my hair. I don't think I would. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't, I, because that would make me unhappy. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and dissuade her by doing something that changes my quality of life. Sure. What I might do is start wearing hats. 
That's a good idea. Yeah. Hats. Uh, spiky headbands. Yeah. No, I think like cute little like, you know, 1930s hats. I'll just be like, you know, I've decided I'm retro. <laughs> and uh, also like I would probably set up some sort of camera at my desk. Uh-huh. If she's coming up to my desk and smelling my hair twice monthly, I think I would set up a camera to record it just so that if it ever escalated or became sure. too much for me, I would have recordings of the inappropriate behavior. How wild, though, that you know going into this job that she is, like, in the job interview, this is outlined to you as part of part of the deal? It's almost better that way. <laughs> you know, because then you can you can prepare yourself mentally. Yeah. You you can kind of like with any job, you're looking at a new job, you weigh the, is, you weigh the benefits and the yeah the, the cons. There's a level of consent that way. Like I knew going in, I said yes. So like right. it feels Yeah, you know, she said, Listen, most of your job is gonna be doing exactly what you wanna do. There's about one percent of the job that most people, you know, kinda have a problem with, and it's that I sniff your head twice a month. <laughs> And <laughs> would it bother you not knowing when it was going to be? I mean, I'm assuming if she's told me, then she's got a schedule. You no, know, there's no like schedule. It's just she, she has two. And so whenever, like, she decides whenever she's most stressed out that month, that she gets two two shots at it. And then the bank restarts the next month. <laughs> right, so to be fair, if somebody said to me in a job interview, here's your perfect job, but I'm going to sniff your head twice a month. I wouldn't take the job. <laughs> Are you sure? Because, because I would assume that that is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Of weirdness that might yeah. happen. Because I don't know the place well enough. So if you get a red flag that big in an interview, you don't take the job. <laughs> okay, yeah, boys and girls. that's when they're on their best behavior. <laughs> yeah. Red flags at that early stage should not be ignored. But... That's when you don't know anything about the company. If I've been working at the company for a while, I know for a fact I love my coworkers. I love my job. I love everything about it. It is truly my dream job. And then after a few months of working there, a weird thing starts happening. I'm not sure I quit. You know, the difference between not <laughs> yeah, taking the job I'm and not quitting. Nora, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. What if it wasn't during the job interview? The job interview was totally normal and exciting, but then the person who's leaving the job messages you on LinkedIn and is like, here's the deal. I just want you to be warned. Yeah, I think I would just have a lot of questions for that person. How invasive is it? Is there any way to get around it? You know, but again, I think if it's something I know before the job, I don't have I don't have enough knowledge of the good parts of the job yet yeah. for, for me to take it. But if it's a if it's a job I'm already committed to and into, and a job that I have already invested time into, and I have reason to try and make it work because like the rest yeah. of my life is amazing. Yeah. I mean, think about how amazing your job would be or your life would be if every aspect of your job was exactly what you wanted, except yeah. for this. Honestly, I like I would take this job. <laughs> you would. Oh, absolutely. I would tell you yeah. this job. I've had, like, way – I've had such I, – I mean, I think this is a clue into um, the bad jobs that I've had throughout my life. Yeah. Like, I once had a job where I had to clean up dead seagulls. You know, I never quit that job. So, like, smelling right. my hair feels like not a big deal. <laughs> Another thing that they told you in the interview you'd have to do, and you still took the job, so – they did not tell me in the interview I had to pick up dead seagulls. Oh. No, no, no. I was a theater usher. And then when I arrived, they were like, you have to pick up dead seagulls. And I was like, um, I was supposed to usher people to their seats and hand out programs. And they're like, right. oh, yeah, there are no programs. You just have to clean up dead seagulls. Cool. Wow. And I was like, well, I'm here now. If you can deal with that kind of bait and switch then yeah. yeah, you can deal with someone sniffing your hair. I mean, like, if the salary is amazing and, like, my coworkers are really nice and, like, I'm doing, like, really cool shit, I've never had a job where I had all of those things at right. once. 
all the time off that you want, all the schedule that you want, the coworkers that you want. Honestly, give me a good salary, a a good time off policy, good coworkers that like don't drive me crazy. Like that's so much better than so many of my jobs that like, and like the smelling of the hair lasts for 10 seconds, twice a month. Right. Yeah. I'd get used to it. It would never escalate, as long as it never escalated. That's why I'm saying I think I would, I would do it too. I think the only caveat is like, if you don't have the job yet and proof, because when you're in a interview, you don't know if you're going to like your coworkers yet. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to like your boss yet. So an interview is different because you come in with so little knowledge. And then one of the only pieces of knowledge you have is that someone will be smelling your hair. That's why I'm like, I'm sure I wouldn't take it. But if I just got the job and then bait and switch, part of my responsibility was to have my hair smelled. I don't think I would enjoy it, but I could deal with it. I've dealt for a lot. I've dealt with a lot worse for a paycheck before. So like, you know, hashtag capitalism. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, what is our next question? Okay. Y- you can tell I was happy when I wrote these. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy. The state of the world yeah. has made Shelby so happy that she has to put us in terrible situations in our hypothetical world. I also wrote these a couple of days ago, so I have forgotten what the questions are. So this is like <laughs> a fun surprise for both of us. So you've been set up on a blind date. And when you get there... What's worse, finding out that you were set up with your boss's son or your former high school teacher? I'm sorry. I'm having <laughs> trouble wrapping my, my brain around it. Okay. So, so you... this, this in this hypothetical world, I'm assuming I have a boss whose son is my age-ish. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a former high school teacher who must have been like a super cool young high school teacher yeah. who was fresh out of college, who's only a few years older than me, and this is quite a few yeah. years later. Yeah. I don't know. I have so many questions. Did I like the high school teacher? Did I have a crush? Did I have a crush on teacher? Does was it, he hot? Oh, my God. Interesting. We, we look at this very differently. It does not matter <laughs> who he was. Wait, but, but maybe, like, if I was 18 and he was 24 and I really liked and thought this, like, cute, young, brand-new teacher – I liked being in his class and thought he was smart and cute. And then I like went on my merry way in life. And so did he. And then years later, we see each other again. And it's like, I can see you as a person now. And okay, let's say that he was 27. When you were 17. He was your gym teacher. (laughs) Well, that made it instantly worse. (laughs) Knew it would. Uh, (laughs) It's like, why are you trying to take my happy vibes and bring me down, Shelby? (laughs) See, you wanted it to be your English teacher. I know that. But it's not. It's your gym teacher. You wanted it to be either your foreign language or your English teacher. Those were the teachers you wanted. I had such a clear image of my mind of like, Young, kind of long-haired, bespectacled, you know, like cute English teacher who like loved Shakespeare. Yep. No, it's your gym teacher. He played baseball at his junior college. Um, And the other option is my boss's son. So I'm assuming I have an kind of an older boss now. But there's a lot of questions about this, too. What kind of relationship do I have with my boss? You hate your boss. Oh, okay. Um, Well, that makes it more difficult. Is the son anything like his father? Or is he this, like, kid who's like, God, my father is a horrible person. You you don't know yet. You've just arrived at the date. I see. I'm leaning towards that I probably wouldn't continue to see either of them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm leaning towards, like, which one would do me less harm? And I think the high school gym teacher would do me less harm because, you know, if I say the wrong thing at to the son of my boss, that could have, like, repercussions with my job. Or yeah. I might have to actually run into him again because yeah. he might be at, like, a Christmas party or a work function. Um, so there's, like, I don't know. There's repercussions for that. Versus, like, if I had to go on a date with my old gym teacher, I would be embarrassed. 
because I'm embarrassed of everything that ever happened in gym class. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah. then I, I just wouldn't see him again. Right. Yeah. I think both. It's interesting because with like the gym teacher, I think you would pretty immediately be like, oh, fuck. Because like, I don't, I mean, I don't know how well you remember your gym teachers, but I remember mine. So immediately upon getting to the date, I would be like, Mr. McKee? Like, I would call him yeah. Mr. <laughs> yeah. You and, and you remember torture from your early life. You remember those moments. My gym teacher, have I said this before on the podcast? I'm sorry. No, I don't myself. think I've never My heard My gym any- teacher, one time when I was in elementary school, I had surgery, major surgery on my knee. And I was in a straight leg cast with crutches. And my gym teacher still made me do the mile run. Sorry, my jaw just dropped. I know I know that the podcast couldn't hear my stunned silence. What the actual fuck are you what? How? Why? Why? All the kids finished the mile run way before I did, of course. obviously because I was on crutches in a cast, and then they just all had to stand at the sideline. And wait for me and watch me walk around the track many times in a cast by myself. Why would your teacher make you do that? I don't know. Psychological torture? I don't know. Wow. I It was for the, like, presidential fitness test, which was part of your grade. But I'm like, you seriously can't exempt a girl who's just had major knee surgery from the presidential fitness test? Yeah. That's insane. Wow. I'm floored. Um, I think my gym teachers were nicer than yours. I, I think <laughs> that maybe that's why I'm having. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, wow. I I'm I don't know if I'll ever recover from that story. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so mad on your behalf. I won't ever recover from that story. But... My, my gym teachers were fine. I just feel like I don't know much about them as people, right? Like, we didn't. I didn't talk to them much because we would be, like, playing games and stuff um, or doing sport. So it wasn't like I had a, a deep sort of connection with them. Most of my gym teachers were also health teachers. They yeah. taught health class as well. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like I had, like, a more meaningful connection with teachers and other subjects. Right. But I don't, like, have any animosity towards the, the gym teachers I had. I also didn't have a young gym teacher, so it is a little difficult to, like, think about ending up on a date with one of them. Anyway, see, I think the date with the teacher would be immediately uncomfortable because you arrive and there is not a moment where you're like, oh, no. And I think the date with the teacher would quickly go from, I'm going on a date, to like, oh, this is a weird, very small high school reunion. Like, this is no longer a date. I would not, this is not viable for me. Um, But I would, like, enjoy reminiscing with said teacher and be like, oh, how are you? Like, tell me about your life. How's the school? What if it was, like, an activity date? Like, you guys are playing dodgeball or something. Honestly, that would be fun. Like, I'm, you know, I also think, like, I like sports more than Hannah. So, <laughs> in ge- like, if they were like, we're going to a batting cage, I would be like, dope. Like, I like doing stuff like that. See, for me, it would be like, oh, here's another chance to embarrass myself in front of this person. Oh, I <laughs> also, for context. There is a plaque dedicated to me in my high school gym because I was such a good gym student. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I what? Was, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was, like, athlete of the month once, and, like, I was MVP of my softball team, and, you know, all of these things. In my defense, I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have a ligament holding my knee together for most of my childhood, yeah. so... I mean, it's just, I also went to a tiny ass school where like being really good at sports was not that hard because you didn't have that many, had that much competition. But I was like moderately a jock in high school. So like, I don't have negative associations with gym class. (laughs) Um, But you're right. It would still be awkward because it's like, 
it is a high school reunion and you just end up talking about high school and then going home probably yeah that's what would happen to me i like i don't think i could see them as a romantic option also wouldn't it creep you out if he did see you his former student as a romantic option yeah i mean i dated a teacher for a while I had a friend who was married to a teacher for a while, and it's just like, I like the guy I was dating was a fairly young teacher. We started dating when he was twenty five, and he was teaching high school, so he like theoretically it would be this guy. But if my ex boyfriend started dating one of his former students, that's disgusting. <laughs> I don't. I mean, again, it did. It depends on the context as to I think whether it's disgusting. If you're a few years different. You respected each other in high school, and many years have passed. Like, 10 years have passed since high school. I don't know. You've gone your different ways. You reconnect, and you're like, actually, you're a cool person. I can kind of see that. See, I kinda. feel like it would, if for that to happen, it would be like you end, you reconnect as like platonic friends. And like, you end up in the same book club, or like they become a teacher and you start working together, or like. Right. It wouldn't just, like, if they can immediately make that switch, that's That's the part that's weird. It's like, the last time I saw you, I was grading you, and now I'm fully capable of now looking at you as a sexual being without that, like, platonic friend time to get to know you as an adult. That's the creepy part. Okay, that's fair. Although, you know, like, maybe you take it really slow. It's a blind date, you know? I don't know. I, I just, I'm not as skeezed out by that. If at the end of Shelby this, is, apparently. if at the end of this drinks they were like, "Hey, I had a really good time like chatting. Like, do you want to play cards or like, or you find out you both really like hiking?" If they're like, "I'm going on a hike," you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, do you want to? I like go hiking with some friends, or I go fishing with some friends. Like, you might like it. Whatever. That would be normal to me. But if it was just yeah. like a, you want to get out of here? Like that would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, It would have to go much slower. But I still think I would not be in the headspace to, like, let that be a thing. Right. The boss's son is interesting because you probably wouldn't realize immediately that they were your boss's son, right? Like, how would you know? (laughs) Unless you've seen them at a work function before or your boss has such an unusual name that you were like, wait, your last name is also Floppin' Pepper? and Yeah, like, if you're... Also, like, I feel like I go on a lot of dates and I don't know their last name for a while. That's true. Like, you actually, might... yes. <laughs> like, I, I very distinct because like most of the guys I meet are on like via online dating. They're like on the right. third date, I have to be like, "What's your last What's name?" What's your last name? Yeah, I've had that conversation many times. That's just like a side effect of online dating. Yeah. So like, there's a good chance I wouldn't know this dude's last name for a while. Um, and I don't usually, like, immediately ask someone, like, what do your parents do? You know? Like, I'm not going to do that. So. Well, first of all, how wild would that be if you did? Yeah. <laughs> you sat down on a What's first your last date. name? What is your father's occupation? <laughs> what, what do your parents do? Not what do you do. <laughs> what, what do your parents do? Yeah. Yeah. And, the you know, the other trouble is that. You might, you know, you know, he might start by asking, what do you do? And if you hate your boss as much as you say in this hypothetical world, then you would probably launch into, like, complaining about your job. Yeah. I mean, like, I could see a world in which I'm like, oh, I do X, Y, and Z. It's, like, not my favorite thing. I'm hoping to transition into something else. Because in general, on a first date, you try to be, like, upbeat and positive. Well, yeah, I, I didn't mean like you just sit and like list out a litany yeah. of things. I, I meant more like I have this job, you know, I'm but I'm actually looking for other right. jobs. Yeah, like you definitely. I, yeah. So like, I don't know. I, in my head, it might be a while until you realize that it's your boss's son. Like, I think it would come out eventually, but I think it would be like third or fourth date. You find out like you're starting to talk more about oh, like, oh, where did you grow up? Like. Wait, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Actually, I think it would happen faster for me than for you because publishing is such a small yeah. community that if he said, hey, what do you do? And I said, oh, I work in publishing, then he might be like, oh, my dad works in publishing. Yeah. Because it's such, it's because it's an unusual thing to work in publishing and it's a small world. He might actually think, oh, there's a chance you know him. Yeah. I think it would come out pretty fast. But with you, you, you know, it's there. There's a million different ways to be a copywriter. So, 
Yeah. Which, again, I don't know if that's better or worse. I think it's better to know so you don't say something you regret that then gets back to your boss. Yeah. But I still just would choose the gym teacher. I think the gym teacher is the right choice because it probably doesn't end up in a... Like, there's really no risk there. Right. It like, might be, like, a little awkward and uncomfortable, but, like, the stakes are pretty low. But if you say the wrong thing to your boss's son, that could have ramifications for you at work. Not only that, but let's say you're... Let's say, like, you're weirded out by it, but your boss's son is not, and he keeps trying to pursue you, and then you have to reject him, then that could also create problems for you. It's, yeah. it's, again, it's like, you might have to see that person again. So I think, no. I think, all right, we agree again, which is unfortunate. Dang it. Sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. But if you disagree with us, let us know. <laughs> what was I thinking this <laughs> Is that, is that the question? It's just now a guessing no, game. it's not. <laughs> I was in a whole ass mood when I wrote these. <laughs> One day, while taking a walk in the woods, a small otter comes up to you and talks to you and says, follow me. What do you do? I follow him. <laughs> just without question? Without Question. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I become queen of Narnia. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of, yeah, that's the vibe. You would really, truly not even for a moment hesitate? Of course I would. All right. A, okay. A talking yeah, all right, Thank you. <laughs> I was like, this is very brave for Hannah. No, no, no. I, I feel like I would have a giant moment of cognitive dissonance of trying to figure out if I'm having a stroke that an otter just yeah, talked to me. Yeah, I would be me. like, I have lost my goddamn mind. Right, right. Um, an otter comes up to you and says in English, follow me. <laughs> you got several stages of processing to do. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. You acted like that was just like a normal run-of-the-mill otters come up to me all the time and tell me to follow them and they show me such great delights. All manner of things can happen. Actually, no. You're talking to the person who went outside last night. It was really dark and I heard rustling in the bushes and I literally ran to my car because I was afraid. So, um, I love how you didn't run back inside. You ran to your car. Well, I was on the way to my car. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought, you, <laughs> I thought you were just sitting on the porch or something and you heard a rustling and you abandoned ship. Oh, no, no. Like, I was already leaving. get back to civilization. <laughs> this cabin in the woods is no longer safe for me. I mean, it's scary sometimes out here. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, especially when, like, the howling starts. There are nights oh. when there's just so much howling. And I don't, I think it's, like, coyotes, and then it sets off the dogs, and then there's there's just a lot of howling that starts. And then when you hear a creepy rustling in the bushes, you're like, it's not a speaking otter. It's a bear. That's hilarious. Um, Back to the question. You're okay, though. What? You're fine. You're okay, though. You're fine. The rustling was nothing to be concerned about. Well... The real reason I ran is not because I really thought it was a bear. It's that we've been visited by a skunk a lot here recently. Ah, got it. And yeah, yeah. so I'm okay. I have not been skunked. Um, But anyway, so my brain would take a minute (laughs) to realize talking otter. And then it would take a minute to weigh the risks of following a talking otter. I I think I'd honestly think that I had been roofied or like, yeah, had been drugs slipped is drugs. immediate. Yeah. yeah. I would immediately think I had been drugged. But then the question is, what do you do when you think you've been drugged, but you're by yourself? Except for you're hallucinating a talking otter. Well, I think, too, the other thing is that if you're hallucinating, like, when you're drugged, there are other side effects that, yeah. you know, like, if nothing, if everything else just looked like the normal real world... And I didn't feel high and that there wasn't swirling colors and it didn't seem like an acid trip. I think my brain would have to believe that it's also perhaps a talking otter. I don't know. Or perhaps you think you're trapped in a dream. Right. 
I think that's like another place your brain could go where it's like, oh, I must not be awake. Right. But then the question is, do I trust this otter? Yeah, it's a big question. I don't know why I'm so distrustful of the otter. Well, I do. I know why you're not. It's because it's against the laws of nature. (laughs) Yeah. But the question is, is there time to ask the otter questions? Like, sure. Okay, because if he's just like, follow me, and then he leaves, then you just have to like, make a decision as to whether you're going to follow him. But if he's like, well, in that situation, in that situation, would you follow him if that's like, he just said, follow me and turned turned around and started going? I think I would. But, but honestly, I think I would mostly because I'd want to find it again to be like, did I really just see that? Did I really just hear that? Or did my brain just malfunction? You know what I mean? I think it would depend for me whether or not the otter is going off trail. Almost undoubtedly the otter is going off trail. Yeah. yeah a magical otter doesn't, like, take you to Walmart, you know? <laughs> right. But, like, I'm just saying, like, if I if following the otter meant that I might not be able to find my way back by mm-hmm. myself, I don't think I would go. I think I would go up to the point where I felt like I would be irrevocably lost if I didn't turn around so that I could try to follow the otter to try and get to the bottom of this. Yeah. I think for me, I would need more than that. And I would be like, it's not my fault I didn't follow him because he was a douche. But your curiosity would not win out here. I can't, I, I almost can't imagine not chasing after a talking otter out of pure oh. curiosity. Oh, no. I mm, I don't <laughs> think I would do it. <laughs> so This is like very, this is a role reversal, I feel like. <laughs> the biggest role reversal to ever happen on this show. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's just this moment. In time. But, but for me, it's like, no, no, no. You need to answer some of my questions, sir. You are not. I don't like, it's not that he's a talking otter. It's that. He's a douche. Yeah, well, I I don't like the power dynamics of this. (laughs) (laughs) And the only way for me to assert my power is to not follow him. I'm not a puppy. Fuck you. I don't just take orders from any old talking otter, okay? Yeah, that's my thing. Like, if you want me to do something, you're going to need to answer some fucking questions. And if you're not going to give me some fucking answers, then, like, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. So, like... Okay, so let's go back to the scenario where you get to ask him questions. What questions would you ask him? Why? <laughs> Who are you? What do you? Why me? What do you want? What if he was like, I need to show you something? I would be like, you need to start telling me some details if you want me to do some things for you, sir. I don't just hop to when someone tells me what to do something. Like, why do you need me to, need to show me something? Is this specifically me that you need? And if so, why? Or are you just looking for, like, did I just happen to walk down this trail at the right time? I just love this so much because, like, <laughs> Shelby's initial questions are all, are all about... <laughs> are all about like you can't tell me what to do (laughs) whereas I think my initial question would be how are you talking (laughs) we would get there but I would need to address his attitude first (laughs) because ain't nobody got time for an entitled otter like that I just love the the image an otter comes up to Shelby follow me it says and starts to turn towards the woods. And Shelby goes, why? <laughs> I, that, would be, that would be my immediate reaction. I ain't no dummy. I don't, don't, I don't do things without details. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm sorry. I'm crying a little bit. <laughs> I'm. Also, this is very funny to me because (laughs) I assumed all human beings would have that same reaction. (laughs) I just, to me, that was the immediate and correct answer. I can't, like, it, until this moment, until we had this conversation, it was unfathomable to me that someone else would have a different reaction to that than 
why and don't take that tone with me. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do, Otter. <laughs> I'm bigger than you. The amount that you would just have to accept about the world to, to go so quickly into like, you can't tell me what to do, Otter, is unfathomable to me. Because <laughs> I think my first eight questions would be, how are you talking? And what are you? And how did we get here? See, all of that to me comes later after I have asserted myself as the dominant species. <laughs> like, Always assert dominance first. <laughs> immediately. We're in the animal kingdom. <laughs> it's an otter. It's not a bear. <laughs> yes, but he's trying to tell me what to do. Can't, can't do with those upstart otters, man. Yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta, like, lay the groundwork immediately. What if you said, why? And he said, I need help. Oh, shit. That's hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one, right? I will say that I feel like part of my, my skepticism around the otter is because Mr. Tumnus did them dirty, and so... Fair. Mr. Tumnus and, did do them dirty. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those dumb kids who gets done the dirty by Mr. Tumnus. But on the other hand, I think they did still have a moment of wonderment. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm a Capricorn. I don't do shit like that. I would have a moment of wonder on the inside. Got it. But on the outside, it's all business. But on the, yeah, on the outside, you don't tell me what to do. I need help is hard because I like, in general, I like to help things. Not only that, but like to help a cute otter in need. Yeah, I think, again, I would just need more information. I'd be like, what do you need help with? Do we need supplies? Like, what if you said someone's in trouble? I would be like, you need to start saying more than four words. <laughs> It's an otter. It has limited capabilities of speech. I would be like, you've proven to me that you can speak. You can communicate with me. Let's use our words. Let's get to the bottom of this. Because I'm not going anywhere until I have to make... Yeah, it would take a lot of convincing, I think, for me to follow the otter. What if he said, I need help, and you said, with what? And he said, dismantling capitalism. Ooh, I would go. Yeah. (laughs) That's for the greater good. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, I would go. I, I, I mean, like, my heart is just like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. He's like, I've been following your Instagram, and <laughs> I knew you were the one. <laughs> we need someone to teach our kind about boundaries and communal living. And I would be like, goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> I as live an, amongst the otters now. As an otter, I've been, I've been worrying increasingly about the wealth gap. Yeah. The food distribution of fish. What do otters eat? I don't know. I don't know. I actually really don't know a lot about otters, to be fair. I just know they hold hands while they sleep so yeah. that they don't drift away from each other in the, in the night. So here's the thing. I, I feel like I would start with like 87 questions about why the yeah. otter could magically talk. But if he explained them and and kind of gave me some reason that as to why I should go with him, I would totally go with the otter. Because you can't, I mean, because otherwise, how does that story sound? You sit down to have a beer with your friends and you're like, (laughs) well, a talking otter came up to me in the woods. He explained that he had been cursed by a princess or a witch. You usually get cursed by a witch and not a princess. And then um, he told me this really cool, fantastical, magical tale. And then I was like, I'm kind of busy, actually. I was going to go to the grocery store, so I don't really have time to follow you, Otter. Again, I just feel like I, being the person that I am, I just need to, like, if he laid out for me, like, my world is under siege, and I need you specifically because you possess these capabilities, and you actually are this person. Like, if he showed me proof that it was like, we need you and you specifically to come and save our world... But, like, that's pretty, that's pretty tumness as well, you know? Like, yeah. he could just be lying about all that. It's true. It's just, like, Mr. Mr. Tumness has really made me um, wary of talking animals. Um, I just truly can't 
I can't imagine a scenario where I'm giving the, given the opportunity to learn more about a magical talking animal and I don't do like everything in my power to kind of see that through. Yeah, you like animals more than me though. <laughs> I mean, I'm even picturing like maybe it puts you in danger and I'm like, yeah, but I got to hang out with a talking otter. <laughs> like maybe that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I also feel like I would pref- if I wasn't alone, I would be more okay with going. I don't like the idea that I would vanish into thin air and no one would have known where I went or how I got there. I don't like the idea that I'm having a drug hallucination and I like walk out into traffic because I think I'm following an otter. You know what I might do? I might take a selfie of me with the otter and send you the pic and drop a pin and be like, hey, I just met this talking otter. I'm going with him. I don't know when I'll be back, but if you don't hear from me, this is where I last was. Well, that would be a pretty big responsibility on my part, and I would go immediately to your pin location. Yeah, you immediately (laughs) would be like, something's wrong. Yeah, I would definitely send out just like a, a location FYI to somebody to be like, this is what's happening. And then I would probably follow the otter. I would put my find a friend track location on. In my head, I have just watched the 15 Years From Now Unsolved Mysteries episode. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sticking with that. I would I would assert dominance, <laughs> drop a pin, and then follow the otter. All right. I mean, I would probably take a video or something. But yeah, I think I would follow the otter. I would try and ask it questions. Even if I yeah. couldn't ask it questions, I'm pretty sure I would follow the otter. Okay. This is kind of a work-heavy episode, but I like this question. You're at a job interview. What's worse? A. The interviewer spills an entire cup of water on you. Or you get the hiccups throughout the entire interview. I think it's worse to get the hiccups. Because it's it's not my fault if the interviewer does something sure. embarrassing. To, like, the interviewer would just be really embarrassed and and like apologetic it was not my fault I I wouldn't have caused the disruption you know like yeah that's just that's just an unfortunate accident it could happen to anyone I would probably just like laugh it off and then we'd make some jokes about it it might even be like a bonding experience between me and the interviewer I think you could just sort of be like oh my gosh it's not a big deal you know laugh it off we'll finish talking I can't imagine that it would be so bad that it would require me to like stop the interview but yeah I'm just one I just hate having the hiccups and two I just like imagine that would in my brain be embarrassing to have hiccups that I can't stop even though I know it's not my fault you would still just have to be the one apologizing I don't want to be the one apologizing in an interview yeah I mean I definitely think the hiccups is a more is a less powerful stance right right because like if someone spills on you, it's almost like they owe you something. Now. Right. Like a job, for instance. Yeah, like a job. Or like, it just like, it's like the social element. The footing is better for you. Yeah. For me, it's like the, the level of discomfort is like, I feel like the water spill is a little bit more of a disruption because it's like, oh my God, I let's go get you a towel and let's get you cleaned up. And like, it would like really throw me off my game a little bit of like, I would lose a lot of time. Again, not my fault, but it just feels like a bigger disruption. It's interesting though, because it could work in your favor. It could make you more memorable because now everyone remembers like oh you 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 both had to go into the break room together and you met three other people you wouldn't have met because and they had to you know yeah and they were like oh we're so sorry this happened to you and if you handled it with grace it's a chance to prove yourself that you can handle it with grace and still have a still have like a good attitude and a sense of humor and you can you know you can shrug shrug things off and then they probably would be like oh she was so lovely and oh i remember this one stands out in my mind Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just a bigger disruption. And then, like, having to, like... I just feel like it would be shocking, you know? And, like, be difficult to, like, stay focused. And, like, the hiccups thing 
is also annoying, right? Because it's like a more, it's a lower level disruption, but it's consistent and you don't have control over it. And like, while I don't think if the interviewer holds against you, holds the hiccups against you, that's a clear indication that you don't want to work there, right? Like if they are at all bothered or upset or like, are not if they're not if they don't handle that moment in grace that like that tells you a lot about the job and like how they work there yeah so i i feel like that can kind of be a litmus test of like do you want to work with these people that's fair that's fair i think when i get hiccups what the thing i don't like about it in a job interview, you have to talk and you want to right. talk eloquently and, you know, mm-hmm. confidently. And your yeah. own speech is what would be disrupted over and over and over. You'd be like in the middle of explaining yeah. a, a past job and like a time when you took a leadership position, you know, you'd be like, it's, yeah, I mean, it's bad. Um, wouldn't Not a great thing at all. I just think it, you, there is information to learn there. True. Yeah, I'm I'm still going to go water, but I understand why you're going with hiccups. I don't know if I'm going with hiccups. Oh. I'm just like, playing in the space. Like, I don't really have an immediate... I don't, yeah, I, 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 I honestly feel kind of like they're tied in my head. That That is not how this show works, Shelby. I know. I know it's not. I'm just trying to... Th- like, I'm thinking about the job interviews I've been on. What if they were obnoxious hiccups? What if they weren't little, like... Bleep? You know, but they were like the kind, you ever accidentally hiccup for the first time while your mouth is already open and then it sounds like you're like Kirby trying to swallow an animal? Yeah, it's bad. So I used to get hiccups all the time when I was a kid. Like I'm like weirdly prone to hiccups to the point where like I would get them during tests in high school and my teachers would try to scare them out of me by like coming up and like, like screaming in my ear during tests and stuff no wonder you don't want to go on a date with a former teacher they used to try and scare you out of hiccups yeah yeah I just feel like the hiccups are a thing I've had hiccups hiccups at inopportune times before and I've like lived through that experience and like nothing bad happened I have never had a full glass of water poured on me while trying to impress someone that's just like never happened to me so it feels it's almost, I feel I have an urge to go with the devil you know sort of situation. I I don't have anything that really compares to that. I, the the closest I have to that is I was on like I don't know like a third or fourth date with a guy I really really liked and I was trying to impress him and we went down to uh, the park that's right underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Domino Park. And we were standing by the water and then something happened where this like out of nowhere, giant wave came up and splashed us and drenched us both like head to toe. And we had, uh, we had like reservations at like a nice dinner place right after that. We were both like sopping wet. (laughs) That's like out of a rom-com. I know. But that's the thing is like, he initially looked really mad, but I just started laughing hysterically and then thought it was really funny and then spent the whole night like laughing and teasing about it and it turned out for the best and it made for like a memorable experience I don't know I just feel like you can you can make it go in your favor yeah I think either one could go in your favor I have like done all this hemming and hawing about the hiccups but I feel like you've convinced me about the water thing yes because I think in a job interview, you always kind of want to have the upper hand. Yeah. And that, like, swings the power balance in your favor. I once had a job interview, and the person who was interviewing me was over an hour late to the interview. Whoa. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I got that job. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. Yeah. But, like, that took a lot of – I was, like, mad at that interviewer by the time yeah, the sure. interview started. And so I, like, didn't care very much going into the interview. And so it was, like, very easy for me to be, like, at ease because, like, I no longer cared if I got the job or not. Yeah. All right. I convinced her. You did it. You did it. I don't think we've disagreed at all today. So that's a problem. Yeah. Well, I feel like we keep initially disagreeing and then coming to the same conclusion. I'm interested in how this is going to play out. So, would you still go out with him? 
you're, you know, perfect dude, super excited, you know, all the butterflies, yada, yada. On your third date, you find out that he is the, is a, is the person who bullied one of your siblings in middle school. Ew. (laughs) You, like, find out, oh, like, you went to the same middle school, and then you realize, like, oh, this is the Sam Smith who bullied your younger sister in middle school or your older brother or whatever. Yikes. Well, this is hard for me because I'm a person who wants to believe in change, that people can change and grow and that people can learn from. We were all horrible when we were in middle school. I did did things I regret. I did bad things to people when I was like in elementary school or in middle school. Yeah, same. And I took those opportunities to be like, I never want to be that person again. Like, yeah, of course. I very actively looked at my own behavior, like as a middle schooler or elementary school kid and was like, this isn't who I want to be. And yeah. used it as a, like a an impetus to change myself and not put myself in that situation again. So it's possible that he did that also and that he shouldn't yeah. necessarily be judged by his worse years any more than I should. But yeah. on the other hand, I'm also a person who is very protective of my siblings specifically. <laughs> yeah. Also, could you imagine trying to introduce that person to your family? Yikes. Like, bring that person home for Thanksgiving? Oh, man. No. I can't. I mean, and I'm yeah. very close to my family, and that would be really tough to, like, this is the person who tortured you and bullied you, but give them a second chance. Right, yeah, like, you spent a lot of money in therapy trying to get over what this man did to you, and now I'm dating him, and you have to deal with him again for maybe forever. Yeah, so I think as boring as the answer is, as typical and predictable as the answer is for me, (laughs) I would keep seeing him and ask him a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) And we have restored equilibrium <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> we are back to the days where Hannah gives him a chance to explain himself. I am surprised because I know how loyal you are to your siblings. So I thought you were going to be like, you know, people can change, but well, he can change over there. I <laughs> am very torn by it, but I I keep thinking like, if I were to see one of these people that I did wrong by when I was young, I would want them to give me a chance to at least explain themselves or explain myself. And, you know, maybe we don't keep seeing each other, but I would at least want to like delve into what has the rest of your life been? Because it could turn out he's still just a jerk, right? Like, yeah, we might go on a date and then he bullies me. And then I'm like, all right, well, now I have a great story to tell at Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's also possible that that person didn't realize they were bullying your sibling. Right. Like, they could have been like, oh, I thought we were all having fun. Like, I, yeah, I teased them, but, like, in a lighthearted, we're all having fun here sort of thing. You know, like. Yeah. It I, could have just been, like, a poor social skills in middle school, poor self-awareness sort of thing. Because we're all don't know what the fuck we're doing when we're 12. I mean, the thing is, like, my siblings are also really mature, understanding, intelligent people. And I I can't really see them like rejecting a person who's made huge life changes and who makes me happy, you know, 15 years later. But my, my worry would more be like, he wouldn't want to go, like he would be embarrassed of his past behavior and he would feel awkward too, you know? I don't know. Just like, it would just be so much awkwardness on every side. Yeah. I mean, it's very uncomfortable, for sure. Also, if you find this out on date three, part of me is like, that is that too early? Like, is it just like a cut your losses and run sort of situation? Right. Because if you find it out later when you're already attached to them more. Yeah. Like, if you find out six months in, that's a conversation. First date, that's immediate, like, okay, goodbye. (laughs) You know? 
Uh, day three, I think, is an interesting amount of time because it's like you've already, you're probably at this point like leaning one way or another, right? Like either you're really excited about them, this could possibly go somewhere, or you're like, this is middling. If it was like a third date and I was really excited about them. Yeah. And then I found this out. And then at the date when I found this out, we had a long discussion and he was like, you know, I really regret that. I have really changed. You know, I think about them often, even though they don't know it. I've actually really wanted to apologize to them for a long time, yeah. whatever the case may be. I think then what I would do is I would just call my sibling and just be like, hey, so this is what happened. I need to talk to you about this. If you don't want yeah. to ever have this person anywhere near our life, tell me now and I won't I won't see them again. But if you if you if you're, if you're like so totally over this and this is water yeah. under the bridge, then I might continue. Like I think I would just suss it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um I think that is the right answer. For me it's a little difficult because like I went to such a small school that the idea that I could make it to date three without realizing yeah. that this person bullied my siblings <laughs> is unfathomable to me, especially in the, like, do I not know their name? <laughs> right. like, do I not know that they grew up in Toledo, Ohio? Because, like, it's not going to take much for right. me to figure it out. Um also, if I knew they were from Toledo, I would immediately be like, what high school did you go to? Like, what? Like, let's do the, ge- like, yeah. you know, the geography thing of, like, do we know the same people? And then I would, again, if you went to my high school, I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if that's, I had 68 kids in my graduating class. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no way I wouldn't, and, like, it's not yeah. like my siblings are, my siblings and I are all within, like, three years of each other. So it's not, like. It's not like there's like a big gap or something where I wouldn't know like upperclassmen, yeah. Right. Yeah, like I knew everyone. So it, it like it's really difficult for me to like put myself in the mindset that that could even happen. Uh, but at the, in the same token, I don't really think either of my brothers were like super bullied. Like there are people that they didn't particularly like. Right. Well, see that in my mind, this is very hypothetical. Yeah, you know, it is very. That's it, what I'm saying. This is like it's a just, hypothetical bully that I'm not sure even exists. At least, yeah. you know, like the other thing is I'm not sure if my brother would have told me if he was being right, bullied. Yeah. I also this is a long time ago. I'm not sure I would remember their name because this is a long time ago and I had a graduating class of 300. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a good point that, like, maybe my brothers felt bullied by someone. I just don't know about it because that wasn't shared with me. That's a possibility. I mean, my first instinct is I would not continue to go out with this person because I don't want to go out with anyone I went to high school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's fair. That's a different question, but it's fair. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know. I think that you are right because... Like, I believe that people can change. I think that I'm a better person now than I was in high school. There are probably people that I should apologize to in the same vein, you know? And if he, if everything about him in this moment shows me that he's a good person, like, redemption is possible, it would be difficult. Like, I, I think a lot of conversations would have to be had. And I also don't see my family super frequently because I live in a different state so me dating someone that has like a difficult relationship with my brothers it wouldn't be like my brothers now have to see that person every week at family dinner right you know? it would be like at holiday time or at right. certain trips or something yeah it would be like maybe a couple times a year um so it, it wouldn't materially change their lives a ton so I think that would be okay. Yeah, in general, I hate to do this, but I feel like it's the same answer as you, where it's like, <sighs> man, we failed. We failed, we really failed. At arguing at Yeah, nothing. we really did fail. Uh, we're just too happy, guys. Sleepy Joe's going to be in the, <laughs> in the White House. There's no reason to argue anymore. There's just uh, all the anxiety and anger that we've had pent up over the last four years have has significantly dissipated. And now it's just like... Now we're just happy people who like to agree with each other. Yeah. Well, we disagreed on the otter thing. 
also the otter question made me so happy that I also just the very concept of a talking otter made me happy. So tell me about your hypothetical world. Well, I don't know. I don't know where I am because I have followed a talking otter into an undisclosed location. Yeah. Um, Luckily, I brought with me my sibling's old bully. Um, (laughs) This really does sound like a young adult novel, like fantasy series. (laughs) Like you and the bully get swept away into an alternate reality and have to depend on each other to save the Otter Kingdom. Yes, and I get to the Otter Kingdom and I sit down with the King Otter who interviews me for a job and then accidentally spills a bottle of water on me and then smells your hair and then and then smells my hair actually makes a lot more sense if they're an otter (laughs) that 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 takes on a really different turn (laughs) like would you accept a, a position your dream job in the otter kingdom working for the king otter if the king otter smelled your hair uh yes yes i would um that's just like how they tell you you're doing a good job in the outer kingdom right a deep sniffing of your hair yeah so i don't know like me and the the old bully were hanging out in the outer kingdom i've i've nailed my job interview i've gotten the job yeah i have my dream job and twice monthly my hair gets sniffed by an otter and the the date with the former high school teacher didn't go anywhere because you have the bully now yeah, that's true. I think that uh, I think that had to happen pre-Otter Narnia, though. Otherwise, like, why is only... my old gym teacher in Otter Narnia? Why are you only dating people who went to your high school? <laughs> yep. What kind of week was I having? Uh... <laughs> Actually, I kind of like the idea that the that I did meet the old gym teacher in Otter Narnia, and. And I was like, you know what? These are the only two people here, but I don't want to like, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. (laughs) With the bully. With the bully. I'm going to go on a date with my old gym teacher also. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta give yourself options. Gotta diversify your portfolio, man. I think my world looks a little different. (laughs) I am also in the Otter Kingdom teaching them about communal living and, um, boundaries which is really interesting i've become like the secretary of economy i guess (laughs) um you are the elizabeth warren of the otter kingdom oh my god thank you so much (laughs) you're welcome and i'm also dating an old bully but it really does not impact my brothers at all because we live in the otter kingdom and i don't think that there's great service there so doesn't really matter what we used to do. We live in the Outer Kingdom now. Our history is is the past, and we can't go back. Interesting. Can we never leave the Outer Kingdom? Is that, is that, that how this is? That's what's happening in my brain. <laughs> and uh, that's why the former high school teacher is still there. He oh. took a wrong turn in the woods and could just never come back. And when I interview for my job, I have the hiccups, but the otters think that's like a sign of intelligence and strength. Mm. So it was fine. And that's my my uh, world. The, the otter kingdom really took over in a significant way. It's hard not to, though. You know, when yeah. one of your questions is whether you would follow a magical talking <laughs> otter into the woods, it does. He didn't say he was magical. I just said he was an otter who could talk. <laughs> <laughs> That changes things, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> if he's not magical, then that means that he's like he's a like mutant. Rocket from... <laughs> yeah, he's a mutant. Yeah. Either way, it's fantastical. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to our silly show, where we apparently agree about nothing for an hour. Or we agree about everything for an <laughs> we hour. We agree about everything. <laughs> our, welcome to our new show, Agreements About Everything. Oh my god, we could make a spinoff. <laughs> once we once we really nail down. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening to this first episode of Agreements About Everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing that uh, we can't agree on is otters. <laughs> but we appreciate you nonetheless, no matter what crazy show you're listening to with us today. 
Um, yeah. And we, we hope that you're all in a similarly excellent mood. And, uh, and we hope that you'll get in touch with us. If you have any questions that you think we might actually disagree on, you can send them to us at argumentsaboutnothing at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, argumentsaboutnothing. Uh, we recently got some lessons in New Zealand. It made my heart sing. She did so a like, dance. It was amazing. I did. I love New Zealand. But also like Sweden, Russia, the UK. We're, we're really seeing a lot of uh, uh, lessons abroad. We love to see it. Welcome. Yeah, and we'd like to thank all of you for listening. We'd like to thank Allison Fields for designing our logo. And uh, I'd like to thank Shelby for coming up with excellent questions. You are very welcome. Thank you for being an excellent person to podcast with. You too. Uh, And until next time, keep fighting, everyone.